Xavier, I'd be rich if I had a dollar every time I heard someone say, man, I wish I knew 20 years ago what I know today about money. They need to be teaching about this stuff in school. Like the power of investing early. Compound interest. That alone would impact lives. Understanding and planning for taxes. Understanding the difference between both good debt and bad debt. Eric, what about all the stuff about money that business owners need to know? What kind of insurance should you be buying? The importance of contributing towards your retirement. They don't teach any of this stuff in school. Y'all sit back, get ready, because we are talking stuff about money they didn't teach you in school that you need to know. Welcome back to the Stuff About Money They Didn't Teach You in School podcast. I am Eric Garcia, certified financial planner. And I am excited about this series that I am doing with with my friend, uh, Billy Wagner here. This is a little bit different than the normal Stuff About Money podcast. My co-host is totally different. Xavier's still around. Don't worry, y'all. Um, but as many, as many of you know, I'm, I'm not only a financial advisor, but I also own an uh, independent insurance agency. And I've made a lot of friends in that industry, in that space, and, and Billy is one of them. And there's something unique that I've learned about insurance professionals, and they have they have really big hearts. They're very giving people. They care about their communities. They care about their coworkers. And I just wanted to celebrate that. And I also wanted to just highlight um, what people are doing in the space. So I asked Billy, who owns an agency out in uh, out in Florida, to join me. Billy, welcome, welcome as a co. You didn't even need a guest, and you're already co-host. Yes, I love that. I skipped that step. It's awesome. It's really great to be on this journey with you, Eric. I think, you know, life is about like relationships and the way relationships come to to pass is interesting. And, you know, we've kind of run into each other through, you know, the insurance space. And it's been great to get to know you. You've taught me a ton about coffee and, and many other things. But uh, this is just fun. Uh, when you came up with this idea, I was like, oh, I, I wanted to be a part of it. I love the spirit of giving. And, and I agree with you. The insurance community is so filled with it. And I think it needs to be highlighted and I think it can do a lot for inspiration to others. So I'm just happy to be a part of it with you. Yeah. And it's something that, you know, we've, we've talked extensively on and, and even some of the people that we've already had the opportunity to, to hear about how they're involved in their community. Giving isn't a, a, a one time, it's not a season. It's not like a season of giving. It's almost like a, a, a lifestyle. It's an ethos. It's a posture, if you will, of giving to see how they engage people. We're recording this. It is December as we're recording this. But what y'all are going to get here is eight-part series. It's eight parts so far, right? If it ends up being nine or 10, um, I really can count y'all. Um, but we're, we're just going to highlight some people that we know. We kind of handpicked them. These are not people who came to us and said, oh, we'll go tell the world what I'm doing. We handpicked some of these people because we know or have heard of their reputation in kind of what they're doing in the community. And we just wanted to to paint a picture of the different ways that people are involved. Really, and, and Billy, you and I have been talking about this, like through this journey, we're getting inspired. Like we're hearing stories and like, man, like I want to go and engage different different ways of of giving. I don't know about you, but but certainly for me, it's been an inspiration and a motivation to hear from these people. Yeah. I mean, like try to have a bad day when you're giving back or you're, you know, I, you know, just hearing the stories of what other people are doing, when you're making an impact on someone, you are, you are feeling a certain way. And we've heard that from a lot of people. 
I think the audience is really going to enjoy the guests. I think they're very, uh, very different perspectives, a lot of diversity. Uh, one of the universal traits, though, is that they all kind of learned through either their culture or their family to be givers early on. And, yeah. you know, if that if that happens and you can inspire others to do that in your family, you can really change some things in your world. And uh, that part is is really, really interesting. What's legacy, right? One of our guests, we, we joked about being brainwashed, right? Being brainwashed as a young child to be a giver, but it's a value, right? Any Anything that you teach your kid or that you were taught as a kid is quote unquote brainwashing, right? You're, you're being taught, you're being instilled a particular value. And I, and I think giving is a value. In fact, when um, years and years and years ago, I did, and I still do collaborate today, but I did a lot of real intentional collaboration with a couples counselor, a good friend of mine. And we presented at, at, um, at counselor conferences and I would talk about money and he would talk about, you know, if you didn't, if you had debt, here's the way it would, you know, he, we're teaching counselors. So I would talk about like the technical side of, of debt and he would talk about, look, this is how it manifests itself in a family situation, right? If, if you're, if a client you're counseling has a lot of debt, here's how it manifests itself. So I decided to put together what I call my five pillars. At the time, it was four pillars of financial security. Know where your money is, where it's going, plan where you want it to go, squash debt, and then save for tomorrow. Real general things that apply to anyone along the, the demographic spectrum. And as I continued on that journey, I realized I was missing a pillar. As I talked to financially successful people, they all were givers. They all had a giving spirit. And I added the fifth pillar, give to others. So it's something that when I'm talking about financial planning and secure finances, I want to hear what people are passionate about. And that needs to be part of their financial story. Because what I find is when you connect with something bigger than you that you're passionate about, that you can see how far your money can go in that space, you start to think about your money different, right? You become less materialistic for you, less what can I do for me? And more, what can I do for others? And that's really what this is about. Yeah, I love that. I think, you know, if I believe that you receive from the hole that you give through. And it's probably like a lot of your clients that, you know, are doing well, are, are givers, as you said. And that's just a, it's a trademark of successful people. And, you know, as a business owner, what I realized is I don't want to be a part of anything that doesn't have a giving component to it. Like, and we have this opportunity is as a business owner to, to do that and to also get our teams involved and, and make a difference that way as, a, as running a business. And I think that's an opportunity that I'm never going to be involved in something from here forward that doesn't have that component. Yeah. I, I think the business owner in particular is in a unique position, right? Because we get to create. And when we can create, part of what we create is we create revenue that can support different things. And I, I do want to say one thing here though. I have seen some of the some of the um, biggest givers I have seen, maybe not in pure dollar amount, but in terms of pure spirit, are people who don't necessarily have as much as you or I. They're incredibly, in fact, I'll share this story with you. I remember back in 2011, I went to Cuba, visited Cuba my first time there. It was my parents' first time back since they left in the early 60s. And I mean, I don't have to tell you about the, the Cuba. Cuba is a very poor country. Communism kind of wrecked the economy. 
And I was leaving, I had to leave early. I had to come back to the States early. And I went with a friend. We drove from the town, the small town my dad grew up in, to a small town, to a little village outside of Havana. And we had lunch. And Billy, these people didn't have much. They cooked this lunch. And me and my friend are sitting down and he had he had made several trips to Cuba. He had family there as well. Billy, there was this like this feast that they had cooked us. Black beans, coffee, plantains, everything. There was no meat, but just it was this and I and I, I turned to my friend, I'm like, I'm like George, like I feel really bad eating their food. Like, like people in Cuba have ration cards. This was a lot of food. This was expensive stuff. It wasn't the best quality, but it was expensive. And he said, eat it, eat it all. You don't understand. I said, what, what? He goes, do you know how much joy you're giving them right now by letting them give to you? And that stuck with me. And I've heard some people say, and I understand this to some degree, because I think it's an incredible uh, sacrifice to give something to somebody with nothing, with no expect expectation in return. That, that's a sacrifice. But sometimes we forget the blessing or the reward that we get from giving if we don't ever make ourselves vulnerable and let people give to us, we're potentially robbing someone of that joy. And I don't want to be guilty of that. Yeah, that's very well said. I really, I really like that. Thank you for sharing that. That's really cool. That, that we need to be reminded of that because you, you know, you're looking for places to give, but the, another way you can give is by accepting that in others that are, that are being generous and recognizing that in them. So I love that. And I think part of it, one of our uh, guests talked about listening to what others need. And I think that's part of it is don't always think that you can solve problems with a check, right? So let's um, dive into maybe some of the questions that we asked them and, and we, you and I can chat about that and just to kind of give our listeners a taste of, of what to expect. What do you think? I love that. Let's do it. Cool. All right. So I'll kick us off then. Um, so, you know, really... What's been really cool is the, you know, the inspiration from each person that, you know, we've talked to and that we, you know, we will talk to because they're giving people, but it's, it's interesting to find out kind of where that started. What's the motivation or the inspiration? So why don't you share kind of where that came from for you? Yeah, I think it's, it's probably two levels for me. Number one, I grew up in an immigrant family and, you know, community is really important and you share stuff. You just it's just it's just kind of part of the ethos. It's just the posture, the heart posture of that community and that culture where what I have is yours, what you have is mine. So there's just kind of this sharing uh, mentality. My dad has always said and he still jokes today. He goes, "Son, when I die, I want my tombstone to say he never said no." So I've got this beautiful this beautiful living image of what it means to be a a sharer, a giver someone who's willing to give the the shirt off his back. So certainly that's a that's a picture that I have. And then you take that and then you kind of blanket over it. I would say just, you know, my what I uh, my faith and what I believe it calls me to to consider others more valuable than myself. Doesn't mean to I don't consider myself important. It just means that I believe as a Christian I'm called to be an imitator of Jesus and Jesus was always elevating people always meeting the needs of the marginalized. And it wasn't always financially. In most cases, it wasn't. It wasn't materially. But it's what, what are the needs of, of marginalized people, people who are who are in need? The, you know, the widow, the orphan, this represents marginalized people 2,000 years ago. Who are the marginalized today that need dignity, 
um, that need some type of physical need met, some type of mental need met, some type of emotional need need, need met. So I'd say that that's my inspiration or my motivation is number one, I feel that's like what I'm called to as a, as a follower of Jesus. And then also I had this beautiful picture in, in the, that I was able to develop these habits early on, which makes it a little bit easier, right? Yeah. How about you? What, what's your inspiration? What's your motivation? So I, I guess it's kind of a common theme that, you know, inspired by my parents and, you know, I, my mom, you know, while she didn't have a lot, she, you know, she's always wanting to give, like she's always looking for opportunities to give, whether it's giving love or if someone's in need, she's the first one to be there. And so I think it starts kind of with that. And then, you know, early on, you know, when I started the business, there was a lot of things that you know, I guess you get inspired by something, you get involved in something, and then it kind of motivates you to kind of keep doing more. And, uh, I went to an insurance conference back like in 2010, and I've always had this in my mind. What I struggle with is I lost my brother in Iraq, um, in 2004. And it's, I, I think about it every single day and it's a constant struggle. And I learned about this organization that was giving back to, um, the kids of folks that, their parents passed away and it's called Folds of Honor. And so I, I listened to the founder of that organization. And this is a long time ago. They were just getting started out. No one knew who they were. And I, everyone in the room was crying. Um, and I remember saying to myself, I've got to be successful enough to where I can make an impact. And I was like, I'm going to put this, I'm going to put this organization on my shoulders. And at the time, like I said, no one knew now they're sponsored by Bud Light and all these other all of these large, they're on in the NFL and PGA tour, but at the time there was nothing. And so for me, it's, it was doing that. And the first book that I wrote, you know, all the proceeds went to that and, and we raised like $15,000 and we did a presentation. And so for several years we did that. And it was just like, every time you're crying, like the whole room's crying because it's the other side of war. People don't really realize what happens at home when you lose somebody like that and, and how to get through it. Um, and so that's kind of where it all started for me. And, and it's ever since then, I've been tr- looking for ways to give. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Dot com, cast certified. Yeah, I mean, like you said, that that's a common thread. There's number one, kind of family, right? It's the values that are instilled being young, and then number two, there's always some personal kind of tugging at your heart, some personal story that is just meaningful and purposeful to you. You talked about now, was it what's it called? What of honor? Folds of honor. Folds of honor. Folds of honor. Um, obviously, very meaningful to you. What are, what are some other, I know you're doing some really cool stuff and I don't know if you can kind of sum it up here shortly, but I know you're doing some really other cool stuff in your community outside of Folds of Honor. Can you share a little bit about that and why it's meaningful to you? Yeah, I think it's, you know, the, the veterans and, and people in the military obviously pulls at me. So I've done a lot of stuff with them, but I'm also like, I want to be an example in the community. So I am looking at 
community organizations and and it's evolved over time what I've done and I, you know we could spend a long time kind of going through that evolution but essentially it's I wanted to show up differently and I wanted to make an impact on these organizations and we're we're doing these nonprofit makeovers almost like you know Marcus Lemonis does the profit we're kind of trying to do the not for profit and I I really think this has a ton of potential to scale nationwide and really understand that these organizations nonprofits that do so many good things they all need some of the same help just as business owners do they need help with branding and awareness and strategic planning and so we've been pouring into them we've been getting our team involved and we've built a process around that imagine me building a process but i love process and systems so Lee wagner yeah imagine that so that, that that's been really fun for me is like diving into these organizations helping them using my business uh, acumen to help them get some momentum and really feeling the impact from that. So that's that's been kind of my recent journey and it's been really, really profound to see. And and I, I have some big, big plans to do a bunch more with it. So that's so cool, man. That's it's just kind of like so unique, right? That you can bring a skill set. And and that's just the that's a way to hear a lot of a lot of our guests get like, hey, I've got this skill, this passion. Where's the need? How can I match it? Yeah. Cool. I love that. So how about for you? So t- share with us kind of some of the causes that you support and that are meaningful. Yeah. Um, I'll share a couple and, and maybe kind of what I'm, what I'm more focused on now, or maybe, maybe like a more passionate about now. Recently, I've been really drawn to entrepreneurs, kind of like people who are starting non, kind of like what you're, the people that you're helping flip, but maybe like early, like angel stages of that. People are like, they're making these decisions, these courageous and bold decisions to sacrifice maybe money or some high paying job to do some community work, whatever it might be. Um, but there's a need in the community and they want to meet it, whether it's um, to support traffic kids or, or to help low to, to moderate income families become entrepreneurs. But like these, these, these people who are taking risks themselves. And I love, I kind of have a, not metrics per se, but I've kind of like three rules of giving them. They're more like principles of giving. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take a step back and I'll come back to these nonprofit entrepreneurs. Number one, you know, we, we, we support our, our church community. I think that's something that's important. There, there's people who have kind of in that same vein, people who have made commitments to, to serve people, um, feel uh, obligated to support that their work, the work that they're doing. And our, and our church is involved in some overseas mission work. It's really cool stuff, kind of meeting the needs of people in the community. Second thing is I love directly helping people that I know who are making kind of these entrepreneurs who are making decisions to to do that type of work, whatever it might be. Whether it's it's youth work, um, serving kids, whether it's serving homeless, like people that you know are making decisions to actively work in these communities who don't have Bud Light behind them. They don't have, you know, corporations writing checks for them they, they rely on on small stuff like like you know uh, people in the community who know them so i like supporting that and the, the third is is along the kind of in the same kind of vein if i can do something local i like doing local to see the impact but yeah but lately um you know looking for opportunities how can we you know I sit on the board of a counseling center here here in the city so mental health is a big big problem in new orleans but just kind of being in, in the business world, you know, I've noticed one of the resources that I have is just connections. And sure, you can write a check, but man, 
some of the connections and introductions that I can make in, in my network are huge. So it's something that I have this resource, this capital that I have relationships, and I'm able to leverage that and bring them and match, if you will. And it's kind of organic. It's kind of like an, an ethos. And again, it's just part of like, man, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to look out for the needs of others. And yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I, I mean, it's fitting that you were an advisor because I think that you have throughout your life, you have been advising people. Like when you learn something, you're sharing it and teaching it in a different way and you're listening to people. So your ability to impact others in your circle. And I love that you're like saying, okay, these people that are trying to make this impact, let me help them early on when they're just getting started to really get that thing off the ground. And I think that's, that's really rewarding. And I think it matches your skill set a lot. And, you know, it's, like where you can be impactful is where you should be showing up. And, you know, and that's, that, that speaks to kind of, again, some of your skill sets and strengths. And I, I love that. Real quick, let me kind of tie this. I read a book years ago and it's called um, When Helping Hurts. When Helping Hurts. Like when, like how could possibly helping somebody hurt? It was kind of one of those paradigm shifting books. And, and really the book covered a lot of stuff, but the idea was this, and actually one of our, one of our, guests that we talked to kind of talked about this, not not from this book, but this idea of you think you're helping people, but you never stop long enough to say, what do you really need help with? Right? It's So for me, one thing I'm, I'm learning is, okay, uh, how, how does somebody need help? Let me ask them, like, how can I help? Like what, sometimes it's emotional help. Sometimes it's, it's a connection. It's a relationship. It's someone they need to meet. It's not always a check. And I think sometimes as business owners, successful business owners, we think we can write a check and solve the problem. And and, and that's our, sometimes the, the biggest ways I give is not through money. It's through availability, being present. Yeah. Make big impact by just being present, but you got to stop long enough to do that. That's hard. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. I love that. You know, it's like, we're all really busy, you know, and we're, we cram our lives with all kinds of stuff going on. And you know, when you asked me to be a part of this, like the last thing I should have said was yes, because I've got 4 million things going on right now. But when I think about it, it like it aligns so much with my values that I was like, there's no way I'm saying no to this. This is so cool. Right. And so that's really a, a very good point. So let's jump into the next one, which is, you know, what was out of the ordinary or unexpected for you when you were giving something that you didn't realize maybe at first? Yeah, I remember re early on, the, the biggest kind of like, that was weird, was I thought I was helping someone else. And then when I stopped long enough to reflect on it, I was the one who probably took more away from that. I went on a mission trip when I was in college to Belize, right? You're going to a third world country. You're helping these poor people. We went to an orphanage. We went to a, like a, a home for the elderly. And I'm like, I am here to serve them. And when I came home, I'm like, I was probably changed far more then they were changed. And that, that probably like the most unexpected thing in the journey early on that I remember. Yeah. That, that's a very common theme of the folks that we've kind of talked about. You're going to, you're going to definitely hear that you're receiving so much more when you're doing it. Uh, I love that. I think for me, it was, uh, you know, when I started to have more time and money to do more things, I was like, oh, let me jump in here and let me do these things. And I wasn't as intentional as I wanted to be. And that was the mistake that I made where I started joining a lot of these boards and, you know, I, I had my calendar was full of stuff and I was like, oh, but it wasn't 
the right things for my heart and what I wanted to do. And so I color code my calendar and it's, you know, my family goes on there first and it's in red and nothing gets in the way of that. And my normal color is kind of the normal business operations. And then my, my giving is green. And so my calendar is filled up with all this green stuff. I was spending 15, 20 hours a week. I still am right now, but I was doing it wrong because I wasn't asking the right questions of where I wanted to be and how I wanted to show up. And that's why I transitioned to, to what I'm doing now with these makeovers because, you know, we can all like, it's like you can, it can end up being a, a part-time job or a full-time job to volunteer and serve on boards and stuff like that. You got to make sure you're asking the right questions and how can you show up the way that is impactful uh, that also matches what you want in your heart. So that was unexpected to me. I didn't think that I needed to be more strategic about it, um, but that's something that I learned. Interesting. Interesting. So one of the things that we're trying to do here with this series, not, not here necessarily with this conversation, but the series is to, to paint a picture of how our colleagues are engaging their community, their staff, even the world in some cases. We just wanted to paint a picture for other people to say, hey, that, that's a cool idea. I can try that. Because sometimes there's so many ways that we can get involved and we're kind of like paralyzed in inaction, or we think we're doing more than we really are, or whatever it might be. What's some advice that you could give to someone who, who may be unsure how to give or, or, or maybe is in the same situation you're in? Like, I feel like I'm giving all the way all the time and I, I feel unfulfilled. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of my core values is, is, uh, impact and how I can make an impact. Mm. And I, I would say, you know, number one, you need to know what kind of, I think you need to do some research and some studying and figure out kind of something that you're passionate about. Right. Uh, that's really that we've heard that a ton is like, if you're not passionate about something, it's not going to get the reward and you're not going to have the influence. Right. Uh, one of the things that we're doing and my team doesn't even know this yet, but we're doing something. We created a theme of next year. We're going to make an impact today on something. So no one's going to leave that their work day until they make an actual impact on something. And we came up with the leadership team came up with 50 ways that we're going to do that. And so it's in a way of giving back. We put a budget aside and we're going to do some crazy, unreasonable things. But it gives people a purpose, right? So like we are in business, we're going to write policies, whatever, who cares how much you write or what you did or how many clients you have. At the end of the day, it matters what purpose you can do. So I would say, uh, and then and then the cool thing about running a business is you can inspire others and then you've got an army of people that are ready to kind of initiate this. And now you're really making a dent. So I would just think about how you can incorporate something into your business that sends the message every day of how to show up differently and and how to give back and 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 get your team involved that's what i would say and i love, how about I love you? getting yeah i love getting people involved community man we were created to be in community like like if you can do things with with more than one person it's always more meaningful that shared experience is so important i would say yeah this is a common thing like find something you're passionate about if it's kids if it's animals like like there's so many different ways to engage the community. What fires you up? Because if you do something just because someone else is doing it, it doesn't fire you up. Like I have a heart for special needs um, individuals. I would not do well in a special needs charity. Like it's just, it was, it'd be hard for me. It's not that I'm not passionate or don't care. 
it's just, I just, we, and we've heard from several people who are just so passionate about that. And I, and I love it. And I love that there's people who are different um, than me, but like what fires you up? Um, because giving is hard. Giving is by nature an unselfish act. If you do it right, if you're giving to try to gain something, you're not really giving. But true giving is an unselfish act. And if you're not passionate and sold out for something, it's going to be really hard to do it right and to do it cheerfully and to do it with a happy heart. So find what excites you. If you have kids, find what excites your kids, right? If, if there's a, a, you know, if, if there's some something going on at school or some some family that's in need, if you can involve your kids, because all of us are passionate about our kids. And one thing that we've heard from so many people is we've wanted to give from our family, from our culture, from our community. And that's the legacy we want to keep going. So if you can get your kids involved, uh, what they're passionate about, you're going to be passionate about whatever it is. And don't, don't like, don't push back, right? You never want to crutch a, a giving spirit, right? If it's, if it's dogs at the, at the SBCA and you're like, dogs, there's hungry people, man, encourage them to give. And then pivot that if there's something else you want to align with with your values. But that's why I say, find, sit down long enough, find passion, talk to your family, do it as a community. And uh, it's a beautiful thing. Billy, I'm excited about this journey. Um, I think we have seven or eight um, episodes here that we've, that we've recorded. And y'all, thank you for, for coming along with the journey. We'd love to hear your stories. If there's something you want to share with us, you can find Billy and I online. Reach out to us. We'd love to hear your story. Yeah, I agree. I think this is a, a really cool thing to be a part of this journey with you, Eric. And I, I think it's going to be impactful and it already has been. And so I'm just grateful to be a part of it and I'm grateful to to share it with others and hopefully it inspires others to do more and, and you know, we, we give more together and that's what, that'll be great. Give more together. I love it. Cool. All right, Billy. Thanks, man. Thank you. Information presented and discussed on the Stuff About Money podcast is for educational purposes only and does not constitute direct financial advice. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advisor prior to implementing any strategies discussed. Eric Garcia and Xavier Angel's branch office is located in New Orleans, Louisiana. The branch phone number is 504-218-5479. Securities offered through Osaic Wealth Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through New Century Financial Group, LLC. A registered investment advisor. Osaic Wealth is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Osaic Wealth. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. 
just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good, or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial, but you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland. And we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.